Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? Going good, Andrew. Good. Would you uh, would you say that it's winter now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a big way. Yeah, it. Uh, the snow is very minimal, but it is cold and it is dreary and it does not feel like fall anymore. No, the uh, yesterday morning as I was coming into work, I got a text from a buddy who had just driven through Ephraim and he's like, you got to drive three from and get some pictures. It is an icicle. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like I went down there, there were these really cool ice formations on the, on the shoreline, but getting out of my car, I had, I almost wiped down and cracked my skull because it was just like a sheet of ice on the side of the road. And even walking on the, the grass on the shoreline, it was just these little bubbles of ice. So you started to just slide down. I started to picture myself panicked, like falling into the water. It was pretty ridiculous. All right. I, I have a superpower where I don't slip and fall on the ice. I just don't. Like, I'll slip and I'll, like, do that thing where my legs try to catch myself for, like, 30 seconds, but I never fall. So that says to me that I'm almost guaranteed to have to bank in, like, Andrew out of the office for two weeks for falling on the ice this winter. I I never do. I always say it. I knock on wood that I'm not going to fall this year, and I've been really good for, like, the past 10 years of not (laughs) slipping and falling. I will slip like six times in the winter, but never <laughs> fall. The other nice thing about winter is that there is more local events and stuff going on. Uh, we went to One Barrel last night for their taco nice. thing, uh, which was cool. Got to see a lot of the locals out doing stuff. So even though it's cold and kind of dreary, everybody's starting to, to come out after their um, their long summer and, and get back in touch with people. So when you say taco thing, like what is a taco thing? Uh, they're doing a $3 taco night where you go. It's like a build-your-own taco thing, and they've got reduced prices on the beers, too, from one barrel. So wild, oh, nice. it's Macho Taco, I think, uh, is Wild Restaurant Concepts, new, like, taco thing that okay. they're doing. Uh, so they do that, uh, and it was it was pretty good. It was it was fun to see everybody out and, and doing stuff together. Uh, I had heard from Jess that, like, the CNC Club used to do a very similar kind of taco oh, yeah. thing. For the uh, somewhat old-school folks like myself, uh, CNC Monday night used to be taco night. You do dollar, dollar tacos in, in the summertime. CNC would have the tacos. The Bayside would always have an awesome band. And you'd go and bounce between Bayside and the CNC Club, and and sometimes CNC would also have a band that night. So Fish Creek was like Monday. It was it was kind of cool because Mondays were like this hot night for all the locals because Monday is the day that all the service people would have off after working the weekend, and they'd let loose on Monday night. It was quite fun. I feel like the other the other thing that kind of makes it feel like winter is the Winter Door County Living Magazine just went to press last night, right? Yeah, we just rocked that out. Um, a lot of great stuff in there coming. We got some really cool art features. Uh, a really cool piece that Alyssa Skiba, our former arts and lit editor, who now lives in Madison, but she still writes freelance for us. She did a really great piece on kind of the the finances of the art world up here. I've always been curious about that, and I asked her to write this. Like, how do they? How do people make it work? And is the art studio still a viable thing in Door County, given the price of land and 
It's not as easy to just find a shack, put out, open a studio and put a sign up as it used to be. So she did some great stuff digging into that, talking to some people who'd been around a long time and then some people who just recently kind of moved into the market. So is the magazine available next week then? It will be out right before Thanksgiving. Awesome. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, This is the first magazine that I have a story in. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have a contribution from Andrew Clyden in this week's or this Winter magazine. Yeah, it was really, really cool. fun. It was fun to write. Uh, it's about Amos Lovejoy. He's a kind of a historical figure up here that was credited with a lot of really interesting stuff. So I did a deep dive into his life, and it was cool, and it was a, a, a really great privilege to be able to write for the magazine. So I'm excited to, to see the final product. No, it was it's a great story. Uh, so for readers out there, when this magazine comes out, go and find Andrew's piece. He spent a lot of time. He went down the rabbit hole trying to figure out who this guy was. And maybe we'll talk about it more in depth in a couple weeks uh, when that magazine comes out. But it's it's a great story, and I, I love it when people find stuff that even I, as like a local who has to write about people every week up here, and I had no idea what this story was all about. Right, so. and there there are no uh, photos or drawings or anything like that of Amos Lovejoy. So Ryan Miller, our layout designer and graphic designer, put together this original artwork that kind of encapsulates the whole story, and it's really really cool. It almost looks kind of like a wood burning. Uh, yeah. it's, it's black and white, but it's kind of inverted colors. It's really, really cool, and I, I'm really proud of how it all came out. So why don't we jump into the news this week? Got a couple quick stories, uh, and then when we come back after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about affordable housing. Uh, first up, the Clippers soccer just won uh, their last game, and now they're going to the state playoffs. They're going to the state championship game. Yesterday, down in Milwaukee, they were playing Northland Pine School, and you know, Clip, Sturgeon Bay Clippers soccer... Todd Moss is the head coach. They've been great for a decade. This is their eighth, eighth trip to state in 11 years. They've won it once. And yesterday, they started the game and scored an own goal. So an own goal is when you score on yourself. Just kind of an errant pass that gets tipped the wrong way early on in the game. And so a lot of teams, times in soccer, when one team scores early, especially if there's an underdog, if you're the underdog, you just kind of, they call it parking the bus, and you just put, you sit back on defense and just try to clear it out, and, and you really clog things up for the opponent. And... That can be troublesome, and that's that's how kind of underdogs upset better teams. But Sturgeon Bay was resilient. They came right back, scored a few minutes later, and then pulled away 1-5-1. to one. So congrats to the Clippers and to Todd Maz, and good luck on Saturday. They play at 11 a.m. for the state title. I love how I, I said the wrong thing and you just corrected me and moved on really quickly. I think that that's how <laughs> we should do all of our sports coverage from now on. Can't expect you to know, like, every detail about all of, like, Hey, here's sports, here's theater, here's the news, here's like a, a crazy detailed news topic. Yeah, just roll right into all that, Andrew. Well, that's very generous of you, but uh, I, I just think it would be funny if I was like, so tell me who won, who scored the game-winning touchdown, and you're like, well, it's baseball, so it was a home run, and then you just move <laughs> on from there. <laughs> Uh, so cool. Congratulations to the Clippers. They're moving on. Uh, we have a little bit of sad news today, too. Uh, Russell Kasky passed away last week. Or beginning of this week? Yeah, uh, uh, about 10 days ago, um, Russell had a, a battle with kind of a, a difficult-to-diagnose disease for a while, and then once he found out he had it, he went very quickly. For those who don't know, Russell, we call him Skip. Most people around the county just know him as Skip. Yep. Was a contributor to The Pulse for a couple of years. He did our Server of the Week columns, and he's great at them. I have tried to do Server of the Week columns, and it's just a little poem. It's a just a picture and a poem about... A bartender, traditionally a bartender or waitress, somebody who works in the service industry, just our way to give like these small shout outs to people who do that work every single day and do it with a smile and our great servers. Russell 
one day was sitting at Alexander's bar. Madeline Johnson, our, our former co-owner and editor, was sitting across the bar, and Bonnie Spielman was sitting between them or was working between them. And he's like, you know, Bonnie should be server of the week. And he scribbled a little poem down on a napkin. It was a great little poem. Gave it to Madeline. And Madeline's like, all right, you're going to do this every week for us now. And he said, I'd love to on one condition, that I get to branch it out and talk about people who serve the county in other ways. So maybe a great school bus driver, maybe the guy at the DMV, you know, like people who just bring a little joy and and extra effort to all these other kind of jobs that serve the community. And so that's what he did. And he did that for several years for us. He was, he was great at it. He was an incredible people person. I mean, he would go out the first time I met him. He found out I coached high school basketball and, you know, like five beers and three hours later, he knew everything about every player on my team and all the offenses, plays I ran and the stuff I should be running. <laughs> and he would remember it like it, it, it would go into this lockbox for him. And if you saw him three years later, he would he could recall it all. I, I struggle with that. And I'm a reporter, but just a great guy, a genuine guy. He was involved in County League Baseball. I think he was the president of County League Baseball this last year. He would run the, the Brat Grill at West Jackson Ports Field. Kind of got that job by running into somebody, striking up conversation, and they're like, why don't you run the grill for us? And he loved it. Loved people. One of those guys that, like, the Pulse is born on a lot of different contributions. You were just talking about your first time writing for the magazine today. My first time writing for the Pulse came when I was 16, and Dave let me write a sports column when I was still in high school. And I just know so many other kids who've gotten their start in high school writing or contributing photos or art to the paper. And that's one of my favorite things about it is it truly is a community paper. Like we have professional reporters who go out and report the heck out of stories. And then we have that perspective of the people living here that keeps it local and authentic. And Skip was one of those people and, and really one of our favorite people that um, was around. So I just wanted to write a little thing about him this week and honor that contribution that so many people make, not just to our paper, but just to Door County. Those people who retire up here and just enmesh themselves in the community. Yeah, I, I only ran into Skip a couple of times briefly uh, when I worked at the bank in Fish Creek, but I, I also met him at Latin Box. I think he was doing wine tastings there, mm -hmm. which yeah. I feel like a really great fit for him because <laughs> yeah. of that personality. And like I said, I only met him a couple of times, but uh, everybody was super excited to see him when he would come into the bank because he just brings that like that fun energy with him. Yeah, he just like you would immediately come in and like especially if there was a room where people knew him like if, if skip walked in the door everyone's like oh skip hey skip and like everyone just like bounces out of their desk and goes and says hi and and he just and he's got a joke or he remembers something about somebody kind of off the wall and it just changes the mood of a room and you can never have enough guys like that right uh, speaking of people who contribute to the pulse and like your time contributing when you were in high school, if you listen to the podcast on Wednesday, we talked to uh, Solomon, who's the editor oh, yeah. of the Viking Voice, about the school newspaper. It was a really cool interview. If you want to go chat with him, it was him and Mara uh, and the two of them. Uh, kind of worked to put the the paper together along with a team of eighteen people, I think, which is yeah. like rivals the pulse's number. <laughs> yeah, I was right. Surprised when I heard that. But him and his friend Aiden are doing kind of an internship with us. So mm -hmm. he will he will be editing the podcast as we go on. Potentially, just wanted to give him a shout out in the same way that we talked about, you know, Alex and Sam before them who are editing these and putting them together for you every week. Well, um, and and you're working with them, you're teaching them these editing skills. Like they're they're not popping in here and just going to town, right? So you're you're spending a lot. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot of time, but a fair amount of time just uh, mentoring them, and which is great. It's, it's really 
cool opportunity that we have here too. Well, and that's what I wanted to say. Uh, we're we're opening this up as an opportunity for them to learn whatever it is that they want to learn. They yeah. came to me and told me a, a bunch of different stuff that they want to try to get out of the internship, and I want to try to make it uh, possible for them to flex those muscles and, and travel those paths. And I think that that's great that the Pulse is able to do that, is able to work with the community and the school and really give people an opportunity to grow and learn and, and figure things out. Yeah, I mean, that is, I wish I would have had something like that when I was in high school. It's just the opportunity to learn. Like, I didn't really learn sound until a couple years ago when you started teaching me some of the stuff in, in our podcast booth. And for these high school kids, whether they become journalists or not, I mean, learning how to run a signboard and re- record a podcast is going to be really vital. And I mean, businesses that you'd never think of having like a media component are now, all right, we put out a podcast to promote our product or to let people know what we're all about. And I mean, probably, probably governments should do a little bit more of that even. So it's it's like one of those very um, wide-ranging skills that they can walk away with at least a little taste of it. Right. And maybe they, maybe they find out they hate it. That's good to find out too. It's always good to find out what you definitely don't want to do. We always focus on figure out what it is you want to do. Well, that comes through a lot of trial and error. Right. Um, and they're good kids. You tell they, they want to do some cool stuff. Yeah. And they're, they're interested and they're driven. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, what they do over the next couple months. Yeah. I mean, between that, the, like getting those high school kids, working with them, just I, I miss it from when I was coaching. It just changes your whole day when you work at a desk and you're around adults all day or at board meetings. And then when I would go into a gym, it would just be like this influx. I mean, it would just like give you this rush of energy because like, oh, here's this totally different language <laughs> that these kids are speaking and, and just what they care about and what they what energizes them is so different than the rest of your day. And you get that a little bit just by working with them for an hour here and there and how they perceive like what what is cool or what's important. It kind of wakes you up to like this whole other segment of society that you can kind of have blinders onto. Right. Well, and I told them too, my favorite part of the the podcast on Wednesday was they had mentioned how getting into global politics was really interesting to them. And they yeah. were trying to find ways to turn those big stories into easily readable stories for high schoolers. And I said, you know, it's it's amazing how much more woke this generation is even <laughs> than I was oh, like yeah. six years ago, yep. which is wild to me. And it's just because they're, they're much more connected and all that kind of stuff. And Solomon said, you know, I don't think it's really the newspaper that contributed to that. And I was like, be careful now or Dave Elliott's going to bust through the wall of the podcast studio. <laughs> uh, but then Mara said that her favorite part of working for the newspaper is that she gets to make something in print. And I, I could feel the, the energy in the other room kind of soften as Dave was like, hmm, good. <laughs> so uh, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, uh, we have some updates on some of the affordable housing stories that we've been talking about and, and maybe some new things as yeah, well. Yeah, some good progress. They called themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Pankin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So, Miles, tell me what's going on in affordable housing land. 
kind of some exciting, innovative news in Sturgeon Bay again. The Door County Housing Partnership was formed. I mean, there's been attempts to create like a, a, a land trust for housing going back almost 20 years. Uh, our own Steve Gretzmacher was involved in kind of the first foray at that. Mariah Good from the Door County Planning Department has been involved pretty much all along. And the crew that has formed now uh, includes Diana Wallace, Mariah, Steve Case, uh, a number of other people who have been working their tails off. I've been involved in some of these email threads, and, and these people are just pounding the pavement trying to get this together. And they've got their first lots in Sturgeon Bay. And so I guess I should probably backtrack. You probably don't know much about what a housing trust means, or maybe mm, you do. I don't. It's essentially, whereas like a land trust, you purchase the land, and then it's preserved for environmental purposes and, and preservation mm-hmm. in perpetuity. With uh, a housing trust, the idea is to get land and then kind of lock it in so that this partnership, they're calling it a housing partnership because they don't want the confusion with the land trust. So they, so it really is, by definition, sort of like a trust, but it just, we don't want to confuse people. So the housing partnership will buy land or somehow acquire land. In some cases, the municipality might give it to them. And then that land is always kind of theirs, and then they lease and kind of sell the home that's on it. Hmm. And then it they control the land, and then you kind of lock it in as an affordable rate forever. So it doesn't stay at the same price. It still appreciates. It's just that it's kind of adjusted with inflation so that, let's say the you have a, the housing partnership sells a house to you. You live in it. It's an affordable house. You get it for, say, $150,000. You build equity in the home. You have a stable place to live. And then eight years from now, you have saved some money and you want to upgrade to a larger home or just need to move whatever might come up. You can sell the house, but you can't just necessarily sell it at market rate and flip it for $250,000. The housing partnership still, they go out and find a qualified buyer and kind of set the price that you can sell it for. So maybe it's 4% profit or 5%. Otherwise, when if you built a $150,000 home in a brand new home in Door County, somebody bought it, they could probably sell it for $200,000 like the next year or start renting it out as a vacation home. And then it just falls right back out of that affordable housing marketplace just at the snap of a finger. So this is a, a an attempt to keep good housing in the affordable ballpark. Does that make sense? It does. Does that lower the value for potential buyers, knowing that they're not going to be able to get a significant return on their investment? It does, except that these are buyers who otherwise would have difficulty buying a home. Right. So for the normal person who has the, the money to go out and, and buy a high-quality home or something, yes, that would be the you'd be choosing between something that would appreciate a lot and something that wouldn't. In this case, you're finding buyers who don't have that option. So it's definitely a net plus for this particular kind of buyer. And there's a lot of restrictions. You can't buy it as a vacation home. You have to live here year-round. You have to have full-time employment of a certain number of days, hours per year. You have to live in the community. It's got to be your primary residence. And you can't own other, other property. So it can't be like an extra or a bonus for you. Like you can't be sitting on a bunch of land and then just have this. So if you don't own anything else, the idea is that it's an opportunity for first-time homeownership or somebody to get back in the homeownership game when they've been kind of marginalized for whatever reason. So what they've done is the the county had foreclosed on four lots in the city of Sturgeon Bay, empty lots that somebody just had not paid the taxes. And when the housing partnership found out about this, they were like, well, what if you could somehow sell those to us at a bargain or very cheaply or we pay the back taxes, something like that? Well, the county actually voted unanimously to convey them to the city of Sturgeon Bay so the city of Sturgeon Bay could give them the partnership. That's kind of like 
why that had to happen is like a middle ground is just minutia of how what government can do this and what can't. Right. But so the city gets it and the city again voted unanimously to sell this for like a dollar to the housing partnership. So they have five lots that they could build single family residences or duplexes on as it's zoned right now. It's near kind of off of Egg Harbor Road by Cherry Court in Sturgeon okay. Bay. So right, you know, in a neighborhood. So it makes sense. It's walkable. It's not like sprawling out. It's putting people downtown close to services, which is where you want housing, especially affordable housing, um, makes people less car reliant and things like that. And then from those five lots, two of them will be developed by, or at least this is the plan, two will be developed by Habitat for Humanity. Three will be developed by the housing partnership. You know, that's a, a first trial. Like it's a, it's a nice one because it's not like saying, all right, we're going to take 50 units in here, develop these. It's here, let's see how this works. Let's do five. Your new organization. Let's see how we can. Does this work? And we can scale this up. So it's a nice small scale attempt to to do something innovative and do something new in Door County, which couples really nicely with what's going on with the West Side School, which was just approved by the City Council four to three. I think there's one more vote that they take because they do a second reading. Okay. So that moves forward, and that's rental apartments. So you have these two prongs of affordable home ownership and. I talked to Diana Wallace, and she said they're hoping that these things go in the $150,000 price range. Well, and we've talked quite a few times about affordable housing now on the podcast, and I think we're both in agreement that there is no one solution to the problem. It is a right. patchwork of different solutions that will come together to make progress. Yeah. And so these are good signs of movement going forward. And the the guy who they're working with on their, their first, they actually closed on another parcel that they'll be building on first, hopefully next spring for the housing partnership. And they're working with a guy named Rob Vogel, who has a concept called the Anywhere Farm. And the idea is to build smaller homes in the 800 to 1100 square foot range that are well insulated. So your heating and cooling costs are very minimal and your maintenance costs are low. And then he's also building into these space for uh, hydroponic growing. So you can grow some of your vegetables and some of your greens. So A, you live healthier. You're learning the skills of growing and see you're cutting down your grocery costs a little bit, too, which is another part of affordability. He's really passionate about it. He he had said, like, I have built homes that are 10,000 square feet. I could do more of those. But as I'm working, like when I'm done with my working life, do I want to leave behind a bunch of mansions or do I want to leave behind a bunch of homes that allowed people to get their foot in the door? And we tried something and we found out if it worked or not. So he'd really like to scale it up and be able to do like little clusters of four or five of these maybe on a single sewer and water system. It's a lot easier to do it in the city where there's already existing sewer and water. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited by one, just like the, the support that the county and the city gave to this program and by the people involved in it. It is so much paperwork and stuff to get a, a partnership like that going for no return for them. Right. <laughs> so just that people are putting their time and money where their mouth is and trying something different. And even if it fails, they tried right. and found out. Yeah. So it's all these little things that are going to make progress. There's no one one size fits all answer to solve any problem. But, right. But this one specifically. Look at look at the internet problem. I mean, there's some combination of four or five different answers are gonna be what solve and, and connect that problem, which is connected to housing too. So. Right. Cool. Well I think that's gonna do it for us this week, Miles. Thank you so much for chatting with me and I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, thank you, Andrew. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.